0: Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons. And on today's show, Tuesday, ahead of a three-game set with the Tampa Bay Rays, we'll, of course, break that series down ever so slightly. Only the third time the Rockies have ever been at Tropicana Field down there in Florida, in Tampa Bay, to take on the Rays. First time since 2019. We'll get to that. We'll also, of course, even though it's a Tuesday, We're going to treat it like a minor league Monday first show of the week. So we will highlight our prospects of the week. And then I'm going to sit down with the voice of the Fresno Grizzlies, Steven Rice. He's got the breakdown on so many of the young players that have helped make the Rockies farm system as good as it's been over the past year. Plus Uh, we know that the Rockies system has taken a dip just a little bit. According to MLB pipeline overall, when compared to other clubs and other organizations That being said, a lot of those young players that have yet to really break through in a major way, yet to really get the notice and attention from a lot of these baseball prospect outlets. These are the guys that are in Fresno right now doing it and trying to win a championship for the second consecutive years uh, there in Fresno. So uh, excited to talk with Stephen, but let's get ourselves started with the prospects of the week. We'll start, as we always do, with the AAA Albuquerque isotopes Jeff Criswell. Yeah, that's right. We've got a pitcher to talk about here. Starting pitcher Jeff Criswell was fantastic. Got two starts, a rare two-start week for them. Uh, As you may know, Monday is a day off all throughout the minor leagues, which means Tuesday through Sunday they play with some of the lower levels of the minors. Look, you're just going to have a one-start week to really help reduce some of the wear and tear on those arms. We know that that is an imperfect process, uh, as we saw with, uh, you know, the news of Tommy John surgery being needed for Gabriel Hughes and Jordy Vargas and Jackson Cox. But you get one start a week. Jeff Criswell did it twice this week and did it incredibly well. 13 and two thirds innings pitched, only gave up two earned runs. He did walk seven, which isn't bad. It's not great, but it's pretty good. Did strike out 13. That was fantastic. Criswell is a player that did come over last offseason in that one-for-one deal with the Oakland Athletics, where the Rockies gave up reliever Chad Smith. Criswell, of course, is a 24-year-old right-hander out of the University of Michigan, was a teammate with Carl Kaufman uh, when they made that run to the College World Series. He's going to need to be added to the 40-man roster this winter, or else he'll be exposed to that Rule 5 draft. So what we've been saying all season long, even though his numbers haven't been great, even though the PCL, of course, will inflate a lot of pitchers' statistics, he is a player that the Rockies have to make a decision about. And he might get an opportunity here, perhaps, in September, especially when the rosters expand from 26 to 28 players. Maybe he goes ahead and gets a start. you got to think Noah Davis is going to get a start. He's our honorable mention here for AAA. Five and a third innings pitched, four hits. No runs allowed. In his 14 innings of work since coming back from the IL, he's given up just one run. Uh, A lot of solid weeks, in fact, from Isotope's relievers. Also, give them a a tip of the cap. On the hitter side, Coco Montez, two home run week, hit 381. Hunter Goodman, three doubles, a homer, nine RBI, two walks, nine strikeouts, a little bit higher than you would like to see, but he's hitting for power, and he is a guy that it seems like a foregone conclusion. He's earned himself a spot an opportunity to see some big league pitching here before the season is out so expect him to get called up in september sean bouchard we know just came back from the il still doing wonderful things hit 389 for the week last week five walks to four strikeouts so he's getting on base he's putting the ball in play that's his calling card right now. Did steal two bases as well. Good week for a lot of guys uh, for the isotopes on the offensive side. In double A, our prospect of the week is Sterling Thompson. Now, I didn't say third baseman Sterling Thompson. That's because he's mostly been at second base since his promotion to double A Hartford. This week, he had four twenty-three, four homers, seven RBI, two stolen bases. Thompson is a player from that you know much vaunted twenty twenty-two draft class that we. I kind of touch on a little bit here uh, with my conversation with Steven Rice and Thompson could be a player that could be up as early as next season, especially with so many of these guys in the minor leagues in for all teams, all 30 teams are promoting players quicker and quicker to the next step, the next stage, and then up into the majors. Sterling Thompson could be one of those guys that becomes a factor for the Rockies as soon as next year. Honorable mention to Vladimir Restituto, 529 hit over 500 for the week. Not bad. Also added two doubles, three home runs, six RBI. And you like that Drew Romo at the plate in four games did hit over 300. Honorable mention on the pitcher side to Tanner Gordon. He was one of the players that came over in that Pierce Johnson deal with Atlanta. Seven inning complete game shutout. Hey, when they play doubleheaders in the minor leagues, they only go seven innings. But hey, can't take that away from complete game shutout. Seven innings pitched, only walked two, struck out eight. And out of the bullpen, the Goats had a good week from Alec Barger, another one of those trade chips. And Blake Goldsberry, who was a minor league, or rather uh, a, a draft-eligible free agent that they signed in 2020 uh, out of the University of Kansas. He is a player that's been sneaky good uh, throughout each and every stop of the minor leagues. In high A, we'll just touch on this because we get into it a lot more with Steven Rice. It's shortstop Ryan Ritter once again. Now, Spokane did have their weekend weekend, completely bagged uh, because of poor air quality due to fires in eastern Washington in and around that Spokane area. So uh, we hope everybody is okay there. So a short week for them, but Ritter still uh, was able to hit 507 7 for 14 on the week, had a double, two more homers, five RBI, five walks to four strikeouts, putting the ball in play, taking his walks. Also stow, stole two bases. Juan Guerrero, another player from that Fresno Grizzlies team last year that won the California League that really got overlooked. He had himself a, a really good week with five RBI, uh, about at 444. On the pitching side, Anderson Pilar, who did get an honorable mention recently, six innings pitch, struck out seven. Victor Juarez did a nice job in six innings pitch, did not uh, give up two runs, uh, struck out nine, and really good starts for the two Masons, Green and Albright. Uh, after recording this uh, with Steven Rice, he did say Mason Albright's one start in Fresno was very, very good. Uh, he's got a lot more insight coming up here in just a second. And then finally, in low A for Stevens, Fresno Grizzlies, center fielder slash shortstop slash center fielder. Seriously, folks, Cole Carrig, get used to that name, the Rockies' third pick. In the 2023 MLB draft, already doing big things in pro ball, hit 522. Steven's going to talk a little bit more about uh, some of the interesting records that Cole Carrig has set. Honorable mention for Skyler Messenger. Nice week for Bryant, Betancourt as well as Jesus Bugarin. We talk about all those guys, as well as the honorable mention pitchers for Michael Prosecchi. Five more scoreless innings for him. Seven strikeouts, one walk. And lefty reliever, Carson Skipper. Four scoreless innings for him in three games. Really good season so far uh, for the 11th round pick last year out of the University of Auburn. And a really good time up there in Breckenridge, especially if you need to cool down from the hot temperatures here on the front range. Go up to Breckenridge, check out the Breckenridge Distillery, and get some of that official bourbon of the Denver Broncos. You know, it's widely known for their blended bourbon whiskey, a high rye mash, American-style whiskey. Hashtag is Apre Anywhere. Getting a little French there. It's fancy. It's nice. It's delicious. It's the world's highest distillery, literally and figuratively. They've won so many awards. I'm not going to run down the entire list. Trust me. Three-time icons of whiskey winner. Nine-time winner of Best American Blended winner at the World Whiskey Awards. So many more than that. they got award-winning spirits. They offer an immersive guest experience. Named one of the country's top visitor attractions by Whiskey Magazine and guests can dine in their award-winning restaurant, enjoy show-stopping cocktails. It's fantastic, and you can actually get Breckenridge Distillery in your own home. It's available in all 50 states. Shop your local retailer or simply visit breckenridgedistillery.com for home delivery of award-winning Breckenridge spirits. If you want need to turn one dollar into two hundred dollars, well, check out Bet Three Six Five. Because you can do that. You get the $200 of bonus bets when you join Bet365. You download the app, deposit $10, and claim your $200 in bonus bets as soon as you place a bet for $1. Download the Bet365 app and use code DNVR365 when you sign up. Now, Bet365 has pioneered live in-game betting. They've got so many live stream events each and every year. And maybe most importantly, they're a proud partner of the Colorado Rockies. They do a cool thing where they've got the baseball early payout offer where you don't have to wait and hold your breath to see if the closer or the seventh or eighth inning reliever will blow a lead. No, no, no. If your team is up by five runs or more, the Bet365 baseball early payout offer says you win. You're marked as a winner. All you got to do is download the app and use code DNVR365 when you sign up. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Here's Steven and my conversation talking all things Fresno Grizzlies right now in 2023. We have got ourselves the voice, the voice of the Fresno Grizzlies our good friend, Stephen Rice. Stephen, how's it going, man?
1: Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm doing great, man. We're just enjoying another great season of Grizzlies baseball, Rockies baseball included.
0: And I heard that, you know, the temperatures are like in the high 60s all around the California League, right? Like that's how oh, it yeah. from, right? it's Oh,
1: yeah, it's perfect right now. I mean, it's one of those weathers you can wear a big jacket and, you know, I have to wear a hoodie sometimes. Yeah, it's been wonderful. No, it's, you know, it's been as hot as the Grizzlies have been this year. Let me tell you that.
0: I like that because that's pretty much a great place to start with, uh, you know, looking to go back to back here in the California League, looking for somebody else, the second place team to sneak in. Someone's going to get a gift because uh, you guys are going to go wire to wire here, it looks like.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's been very tough. Modesto's been playing this tough all year. And, you know, for us, I think it's nice knowing that we didn't win the first half because it allows us to be a little bit more confident going into the postseason, knowing that we had our backs against the wall from the very beginning. And, you know, it's it's been fun to see the team enjoy every second of this whole long season that we have.
0: It seems like this year's group is different than last year, because last year you pretty much had a core all throughout the season, you know, other than warming Burnabell going up to high Spokane it's kind of been a lot of shuffling. It seems like all throughout the roster, certainly not a bad thing, but it's nice that um, you guys have been able to, to mix and match a little bit and still have success despite, you know, some of the new faces.
1: Yeah, you're not wrong about that. You know, last year and the year before, we had a lot of the top 30 prospects for the Rockies. And I think the big thing that the Rockies wanted to do was keep that core group of players together. This year, we don't have as many prospects, but that's not a bad thing. It's, you know, a bunch of guys that, you know, signed through free agency, a lot of international prospects, and we have a couple of our prospects as well. But this group, we have been able to mix and match a bunch of different pieces that just work well together. I mean, it's, it's funny because even though we've had so many roster moves and so many changes, this team has looked like a true team than we've ever seen in Grizzlies history. And I think the success has been showing over the past couple of weeks.
0: It's funny how you you say like oh maybe we haven't had some of the best prospects. I have 12 names that I put down. I don't know if we're gonna get to all of them, but that's how many prospects, that's how many quality players you guys have had for large periods of time that that you know require uh, that kind of devoted conversation to and I think it probably starts with a guy that um, you know fortunately for him, He uh, has moved on, unfortunately for the fans in Fresno, no longer able to see a guy who was probably one of the bigger sleepers in the 2022 MLB draft. Everyone kind of said that they had the Ian Desmond comp out there on him. And sure enough, uh, he was that invent some in shortstop,
1: Ryan Ritter, man. Ryan Ritter was an absolute fun guy to watch. I mean, when you leave the league with 18 home runs, and you are still within the top ten of the league, and you've been gone for almost two months now. It's crazy to think what he did in such a short amount of time. What's amazing about him too was, you know, he held himself to a standard that, you know, I talked to him after a game after he hits two home runs, four RBIs, and he makes three great defensive plays, and he goes, "Yeah, I thought it was an okay game. I want to get better. You know, I want to go out there and work harder every single day." And when you have that kind of attitude. I mean, you cannot stop a player like that. This was a guy who put in the work every single day, and he put up the numbers to show it, too. And it was a guy that we trusted in the middle of our lineup. He was a key piece in the middle infield for us as well, too. And we're happy that he's moved on to bigger and better things. But at the same time, too, of course, I'm selfish. I want to keep all these guys for myself.
0: Did he have a slow start? I, I want to say, like, you know, there are some guys where they start the season and you go, uh, who cares? That's just April. I want to feel like that was the case with him a little bit. And then after that, it was just lights out. And he just yeah.
1: Moon. Yeah, he went, like, one for 27, I think, or something to start the season. And, you know, we sat there and we're kind of like, okay, is there, is this all we're going to see from him kind of thing? And, you know, everyone was kind of like, no, he's just trying to get going again. And then when he did get going, we're like, okay, this is the Ryan Ritter we all expected. I mean, he, this year, it's so funny to talk about it, but, you know, they have, like, the California League Awards at the end of the year, and I'm like, if Ritter's not among the discussion for MVP, despite only being there for part of the season, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually wins it by the end of the year.
0: Yeah, he's was great on the left side of the infield, and so was kind of on the other end of the spectrum, a player who was a 19th-round pick, which... It's still good. Look, to get drafted in at, at any point in the MLB drafts history is great. But now with there only being 20 rounds, 19 is definitely towards the end. He's a player yeah. with uh, Colorado pedigree coming out of Niwot High School, kind of an afterthought. And I, I feel like he had to kind of battle his way to get some attention. And sure enough, he's probably the best player on the roster right now, statistically with Ritter gone. Uh, and that, of course, is uh, third baseman Skyler
1: Messenger. Messenger is an unbelievable story. Niwot High School went to Kansas for a couple of years, decided to take his last year of college to Texas, where there was a lot of Colorado ties. Troy Tulewitzki, Matt Holliday were some of the guys who had some ties there with him. And they pretty much were the ones that kind of said, hey, take a look at this guy, give this guy a chance. He's a hard worker, you know, and then he came here and he was at the beginning of the season, kind of another guy that just filled out a roster and, you know, a late round guy, so he wasn't been put in the lineup every single day. Well, Trevor Burmeister, our hitting coach, decided that he was gonna change his stance at the plate a little bit. And all of a sudden, Skyler Messenger started to send a message to the rest of the California League about what he was capable of doing. This guy is not only an amazing, amazing ball player, but probably one of the hardest workers I've ever seen come through Fresno. We've been here for 25 years now. And when you see a guy like Messenger, Go into the ballpark a little bit early, get some hacks in the cages, put the weights in in the weight room. You know, this is a guy that is working hard every single day to make sure he gets better. You know, this is not a guy that's gonna go out and party. This is a guy that's gonna go home, look at the video, look at his swing. I mean, he's a guy that we've actually caught multiple times, just looking himself in the mirror at the ballpark with a bat in his hands, visualizing what he's gonna do to the California League pitchers and The offense has shown now defensively, he can play multiple positions, third and first, and he works hard every single day to make sure he's the best on the defensive side of things, too. He actually is also a surprisingly quick runner, which is something that people never thought about. Only uh, six stolen bases and seven chances, and of the one caught stealing, he should have had a stolen base in that regard. So, you know, messenger's done a little bit of everything, and the numbers have spoken for himself, you know, leading the California league in RBI now with 73, Skyler Messenger is a ball player that who's 24. He could skip high A next year and go to Double and I think he'll have the same success.
0: We got a guy here in Denver, Matthew Replinger, who uh, was was a big proponent of Messenger. Said keep an eye out on this guy, and yeah. uh, and and he definitely was not wrong. The defense how's that been over at, at third base for him. I know he's played a little bit of first base, of course. See him at DH uh, to yeah. give you guys some other opportunities in the field, but uh, third base uh, is there maybe possibly some second base in his future going forward.
1: I think he's too big to play second personally. I think he has the power to be a third baseman. Now, what's the tough thing is you have a lot of third base options already in Colorado, but at the same time to give him some looks and you know what, it can't hurt to add some other positions to his name too. And he's a guy that if you tell him, hey, can you play right field for a night? I don't think he'll have any issue with it. He'll grab a glove and go get ready. I remember the first game he asked to play first or they asked him to play first. He grabbed our bench coach Cesar Galvez, asked him to go take some ground balls over at first, took the glove, started, you know, working at it. We were in Stockton during the time. And, you know, the first couple did not go very well. And he's like, All right, I want another one, another one, another one. He took probably 200 reps that day just to be ready for a game that we thought maybe it was just gonna be one game at first. Well, he did so well, he's continuing to show his, uh, you know, his ability over those positions.
0: He's staying ready, I, I love that. And I love what uh guy's only been around maybe a little bit more than a month now, Diane George, he's one of those uh, big international signing guys, uh, kind of new to the roster, but uh, as one guy advances to the next level, there are guys from the Arizona Complex League moving up and he's one of those top prospects now uh, in the top 10 with a lot of the re-rankings uh, from the farm systems with various different outlets. Diane George, very exciting shortstop prospect.
1: Yeah, so actually, Dion Jorge, it's actually, so it's crazy. I actually had no idea that's actually how to pronounce his name until the day he showed up when Ritter left. And I go up to him, I'm like, how do you pronounce your name? And he's like, it's very weird. It's like, now he spoke through another guy, but he was like, it's Dion, like Dion Sanders. And then Jorge, um he goes, it's very weird. And I'm like, huh. I'm going to have to get used to it because, you know, I thought the same thing as everyone else did when it came to that. His Q
0: score is going through the roof. Everyone in Denver right now, this is the exact moment. Write it down. August 22nd, people are big. Dion Jorge fans, that name is going to get you a lot further than Diane George. Fine name, but Dion Jorge?
1: Yeah, it's an amazing name. And, I mean, (laughs) now as the Rockies' number seven prospect, You talk about an exciting player, you watch him take batting practice, you watch him in the game, and you just go, Okay, we understand why he signed for as much as he did. This guy is fun, he's energetic, and he's working his tail off every single day. Just watching him and during batting practice, just the past week, just in batting practice, you can tell the development of his bat, the swing, understanding his ability with not only his lower half with the hip movement but also how his hands work through the zone is unbelievable fielding wise this guy's made a couple little mistakes here and there but you can tell he is so smooth with the glove the backhand he just he makes it look so easy he's a vacuum over at shortstop a couple games at second base as well and you know he's only going to build into his body a little bit more 20 years old so he is a guy to watch for the future and he's competitive. We've done a lot of competitions within the team. And I think he's had fun trying to compete with everybody else too. And I hope that we maybe get him for half a season next year. I hope, I hope. But again, this is a guy that's going to show a lot of Rockies fans that the Rockies did a great job signing this international prospect.
0: Does DN wear number 21?
1: No, he's actually number four. So okay. not yet. Yes. Maybe not down yet. The line, he'll be doing now more. down the line, be ready for that one. And you know, what's the fun thing about it too is, he's, he's a guy too. He's trying to learn how to speak his English more and more too. A lot of the things that the Rockies have done with their international players is asking and allowing them to learn how to speak English. And just this past week, Jorge has actually been trying to speak English to not only me, but to a lot of other people. And knowing that he's willing to take those steps to become a better teammate is unbelievable to watch.
0: Yeah, it's exciting uh, coming out of Cuba, just doing wonderful things And and his numbers jump off the page in a way because he doesn't have a home run yet and yet you think you know some guys might be pressing oh i got i gotta turn that zero into to a one no he's fine 10 doubles already you know he's he's still hitting for power just doesn't have a home run not pressing being
1: himself he's being dion is what he's what he's being right Well, what's crazy is on our team, we're not really a power hitting team, which is not a bad thing at all. Our team, though, we're trying to hit line drives to the gaps. We're trying to have productive outs to the outfield. So, runner at third with less than two outs, you know, trying to put a ball on the ground possibly to score a runner. If not, put a ball in the air and trust the guy from third is going to score. We're playing small ball all in the right way. And Jorge knows that. He knows that he doesn't have to go hit that first home run. Yeah, it'd be great to have it off the board, but. At the same time, too, that's not the game that we're trying to play. And he's understanding that now his game is going to grow because he's having these little adjustments with any line drives.
0: Make sure you are hitting a home run with kind love official partner of DNVR. Support another local brand. We love the Kind Love Cannabis, and we always get a consistent, great experience when we are high on Kind Love. We're talking quality, integrity, and consistency, as well as variety and safety. It's what they're all about. Kind Love is one of the first dispensaries in Colorado, established in 2010, known for cultivating some of the highest quality cannabis in the state. And they just launched their new infused pre-roll line, the Turbo Joint, using the same turbo joint technology. It's seven tenths of a gram of the whole bud, not trim, combined with a little turbo keef. It's ridiculously potent and burns significantly smoother than other infused pre-rolls on the market. It's not going to melt. It's not going to be messy in your car this summer. No, it burns slower and is much more flavorful as well. Make sure you check them out and visit them at any of their stores in Cherry Creek, North Denver. Mention DNVR. and You get the DNVR exclusive discount of 25% off all Kindlove flower pre-rolls and their turbo joint line. Visit their website at kindlove.com for their full extensive menu and online ordering. And get this code DNVR now works for deliveries as well. Yes, I've got my shady rays on right now. I wear them at home sometimes, depending on how bright the lights are indoors out of doors, you need to make sure you're wearing your Shady Rays. In fact, you need to buy one and get one. That's right. You buy a pair, you get a pair free. The independent sunglass company rated five stars by over 200,000 folks. We're talking close to a quarter of a million folks love what they got. And guess what? If you don't love them, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. No risk when you shop with Shady Rays. And maybe even the best part of what they've got going on is they have a lost and broken replacement policy, which means if you happen to lose your glasses, they'll get you a new pair. If you break your glasses, they will also get you a new pair. Head down to the Park Meadows Mall for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Again, it's Shady Rays. Use code DNVR and try for yourself the shades. Rated five stars by over 200,000 folks. And let's get into the pitching, which for anyone that doesn't know, and maybe you could kind of give a little disclaimer in the California league. It is not friendly to pitchers. So when you look at ERAs there, you have to think, okay, this is basically an entire league that plays a lot like
1: Coors Field. It is very weird. The ball flies in a lot of ballparks to park plays a little bit different depending on what the weather is. But the majority of ballparks don't have very, Far left and right field. Center field is very narrow. It's 312 in Modesto. It's, you know, a little bit smaller in some other ballparks too. And when it gets warm, the ball flies way more. So you'll see the numbers in terms of home runs go up in July and August. And so when you look at the ERA, yeah, I think the best ERA in the Cal League right now is at four. And you kind of go, well, that's not very good. No, four is actually a great ERA. Our team's right, you know, right above that four mark right now. And a lot of guys are showing off those ERAs that are, are below four.
0: Yeah. That number one on the list probably has to be Michael Persecchi, uh, yeah. who was That 2022 class, man, it was just so deep, so deep that I think every guy in their own way, in a good way, has a chip on their shoulder of, oh, someone else is maybe getting more pressed than me. And, oh, I'm getting lost in the shuffle. That's good. That's how many guys there were out of that class last year. And Michael Prosecchi has definitely jumped out uh, to the forefront as far as pitches are concerned.
1: Yeah, Michael Prosecchi leads the California League in ERA. And over his past six starts has pretty much been unhittable. uh, A sub-1 ERA. Over his last two months, and he has really figured it out. What's crazy about Prosecchi's story was he was a closer in his final year at the University of Louisville, and he now becomes a starting pitcher. And one of the first questions I asked him, I go, Yo, do you like starting versus relieving? And he kind of goes, I like starting because I know when I'm going to pitch, I know when I'm going to have to work out, I can get a rhythm going. And to be honest, he has worked very well when it comes to it. He is a student of the game, very smart very understanding of what it's going to take to get the job done. But what it makes him so, so good is when he gets into trouble, he doesn't freak out. He's a guy that actually gets better when guys get in scoring position. He gets better after maybe a couple walks, maybe after he gives up a big double to someone. And he's been able to take those little, you know, disadvantages of what you could call it. And he's turned into strides into his future performances. He's a guy that down the line could be a middle to late end reliever or I mean starter but he also could work as a reliever it depends on what the Rockies want to move with him but I like him as a starting pitcher I like what he brings to the table every game he is someone that's going to go five to six innings and give you the best that he can and when you know that you're going to give up three runs or less as an offense, you can go, all right, I don't have to worry as much at the plate. You're not going to be as freaked out trying to score some more runs. And Prosecchi is the perfect guy that really helps out with that. And such a good kid. I mean, every single one of these players, not just Prosecchi, Messenger, Jorge, all the pitchers that we'll talk about, you know, they are just amazing people. And it just shows what the Rockies have done in terms of not only finding quality players, but quality people.
0: You got Prosecchi starting the games and then closing it out probably who, who I have as, as the second best pitching prospect, because there's, there's probably a tie right after that. And we'll talk about those gentlemen, but Zach Agnos doing a, a fantastic job uh, closing down games for Fresno
1: this year. Yeah. Leads minor league baseball and saves and it's not even close. And it's crazy to say that this guy was a better position player than pitcher in college. And again, a guy that I asked, I said, so is a weird pitching now. And he goes, you know what, if the Rockies wanted me to pitch, I'll do it. If they want me to go play short, I'll do it and a guy that continues to work every single day too. He is one of the most animated and amazing guys on the team when it comes down to it. But he has that competitive juice that is just so fun to watch. When he gets on the mound, he's in the zone, he gets into a little bit of trouble and finds a way to get out of it every single time. And I think that's what makes such a good closer. It's someone that understands that even if you get into a little bit of a mess, you know how to get out of the pickle. And I think that's something that he does so well and a good fastball, the breaking ball is coming through, and he works hard every single day. And he's a guy that's whatever it takes to help out the team. And I think when you have that kind of attitude, it's going to go a long way. Again, a guy that really you know, was not supposed to be a closer, and all of a sudden he's doing his thing right now, and it's great. He is now in fourth place in Grizzly single-season saves. Um, he has one away of being tied for third all-time. He is eight shy of tying our best in single season saves, and that's with Heath Hembry, who's a longtime big leaguer.
0: Sure is, yeah. Twenty three of twenty five saves and save opportunities, and and the five to one strikeout to walk ratio is a big one because it's he's throwing strikes. We know plenty of guys that are closers that hey, if he's in the strike zone, it, it's it's going to be a shutdown. But if you're putting guys on base. That can be problematic. So for him to not really have that in his system right now uh, is fantastic. So you, you break it out, you break the tie here because I don't know who's been the next best starting pitching prospect, Caleb Franzen. The numbers suggest he's a little bit better, but Connor Stain. He's been a little bit more erratic when he's on. I'd probably say he's a little bit better, but he does have those down starts. He's been suffering that a little bit here this month of August, but Caleb Franzen and Connor Stain two really good starting pitching prospects with you guys
1: you know for me connor stain is so much fun to watch this is a guy who's electric all of his stuff has so much movement you talk to all the catchers and he's the toughest guy to catch because the amount of movement he has on his pitches if he hones it in you can't stop connor stain and for him it's all mental you know you talk to him and he's a guy that wants to get better every single day he's a competitor he's going to work his tail off every single day but he's also a guy that if things don't go well, sometimes they'll get in his head a little bit. And so, if he can keep the mentality just fine, this guy is pretty unstoppable. But right now, Caleb Franzen is just a workhorse. And, you know, when I look at a lot of guys that the Rockies have had over the years, the guy that reminds me the most of Franzen was actually Colin Kafka from last season's team. Colin Kafka was a guy that literally did everything for the team. He, you know, a lot of innings, gave up a lot of hits, didn't strike out a lot of guys. But again, a guy who ate up innings, a guy who did all the little things correctly, a student of the game, and is the same type of guy. And when you can add another left-hander, which is always hard to find at this level, that can throw strikes, can command the strike zone, is understanding of his pitches that he's not going to overpower you. It's fun to watch. I mean, he's a true, legitimate pitcher. And... They went to a college that people don't talk about the university of Portland. And when you find all these talents at these small mid major schools, it is so much fun to watch. I think Franzen down the line, is going to be a guy that could eat up tons of innings and maybe a starter, maybe a, a middle reliever, but either way, a lot of success in both Stain and Franzen.
0: Yeah. I think Franzen has been that surprise player that you go, Oh, okay. Rockies have something here where maybe, yeah, You you didn't think that they did originally. All right, final three guys to talk about. They're kind of just wild cards for various reasons. I mean, uh, start off by Cole Carrick. I mean, he had uh, quite a historic game Uh, player right from this uh, 2023 draft class, uh, immediately getting opportunity to play with you guys down in low A. Uh, He had himself a pretty good debut, didn't he?
1: Oh my goodness, talk about a great week to your to your career. A 1.614 OPS, a almost 600 batting average, home run, three triples, but that three triple game was unbelievable. When I talked to him just the other day, I said, "You're 21 years old and the Grizzlies have been around for 25 years and you decide you're going to go break a franchise record at your hometown." He's from Modesto, California. So, he did it in front of family and friends and you know, he said he was lucky with it. Uh, It's skill. The aggressiveness at the plate, the aggressiveness on the base paths, the aggressiveness in the field is something that Rockies fans are going to fall in love with when it comes to Carrick. There is something about him that just is exciting to watch. He's a guy that you want to turn on your TV to watch him. I'm not going to say that he's going to be a power guy for the future, but I'm going to say he's a guy that you're going to see all the little things correctly. He's going to steal a base, put you in scoring position, hit to the outfield, he's going to score easily. He's the guy that's going to make that crazy play in center field. He's going to catch a couple innings. He's going to play shortstop. The guy can do a little bit of everything. And when you have a utility player at his age, his, I mean, the guy's a monster. Six, 190 pounds of pure muscle. This guy's already built. He's ready to go. He's a dog. I mean, the aggressiveness is just so much fun to watch him. Yeah. Breaking records already. And I mean, I don't know how he can improve, but he told, tells me he's got more under the sleeve. So I can't wait to see what he has for us.
0: And as you mentioned, he's, he's had a pretty even split between catching, playing shortstop, uh, being out there in center. So he's been uh, exciting to watch uh, in a relatively short amount of time. Andy Perez, 19 year old, who You know, first part of the season is just kind of one of those names. You see statistics, Uh, but as we've been doing here, this entire summer, our prospects of the week, I'm going week by week and every week, it seems like, oh, oh, Andy Perez again, Uh, Andy Perez again, a 19 year old (laughs) middle infielder. He's been
1: really exciting too. Mejor is what we call him. We love Andy Perez. He is just an amazing young kid. First of all, just, you can tell he is so happy to be in baseball and that alone is going to bring you to so many levels when it comes down to it. He's going to build into his body a little bit 19 years old. He's a little bit on the skinnier side, but this is a guy that has continued to find what he's good at. And offensively, beginning of the year had a lot of issues trying to be a power guy or trying to be the guy that's going to hit the ball to the wall every time and we learned that he's actually an opposite field hitter. This is what his bread and butter is going to be. He's going to be able to drive the ball consistently out to left center field. He's going to be a guy that's going to hit line drives to the gaps. He's going to be able to bunt for base hits. He actually had a go ahead bunt single just the other night in a comeback win for us. You know, he's a guy that's going to do all the little things correctly. And what's fun about it is he's okay with it. He's like, I don't need to hit home runs. He's got one homer this year, but almost at 50 RBI now, the batting average, the OPS, you look at it, they go, it's not great, but to be honest at the plate he's consistent he's in the middle of our lineup and he continues to get the job done we kind of always make a joke when we're doing his notes every single day after the night before one for four two for four with a run scored with a stolen base it's consistent every single game and we can find consistency you know we're gonna get out of your player and i think that's what's amazing about it and then defensively the guy can go all positions second short third base I like him as a third baseman long-term. His ability to come in to make plays, use the bare hand. He understands his body when it comes down to it. The arm angle to make a throw over to first base. He can make that throw from third. The backhand is really nice. But one thing that they've worked on really well is going kind of towards shortstop and using his body then to work towards first base. And our bench coach, Cesar Galvez, who was an infielder, when he played back with the Rockies, he's worked very well in understanding how to work your body and Perez has done a great job with it too. speed is there as well, too. He's going to be a better base runner down the line. And again, 19 years old and, you know, just an amazing story in Andy Perez.
0: Yeah. I think we're going to see him in the top 30 next year. Maybe even this off season, uh, some, some of the different outlets may, may go ahead and and slide in. All right. We talked about nine guys. You're going to break another tie here. We'll talk about 11 here. We'll get in all 11 here, but who is going to have the bigger breakout year in 2024? Who's the name we're going to be talking more about Jesus Bugarin and correct me if I've said that wrong, wrong. No, you got or, it right. You got it. Or Bryant Betancourt. again, two more really good dudes,
1: man. I mean, I love both those guys so much. I mean, I don't think you could have named two of the more most amazing people in the universe. I, every single person, Crowd favorite fans love those two players, but right now I'm gonna break the tie and I'm gonna go Brian Betancourt. What Brian Bedencourt has done over the past two months, not only as a player but as a teammate, is something that is unbelievable to watch. First, let's talk with his defense. bedencourt long term will be a first baseman in my mind. Um, I have watched him blossom. As a first baseman, understanding how to work his body, being able to field balls. At the beginning of the year, we're going past him for singles, not air-related hits, but balls that were, yeah, it would be a single off the bat. Now he's diving for them and making great plays. I think that long term, his body is going to match a first baseman. I know he loves to catch too, but I like him over at first. When he's over there, I trust his picking ability. I trust his understanding of, you know, when certain plays need to happen. He gets when cutoffs need to happen, all the little details that work well with it. But at the plate, he has become probably, if not the best hitter besides Skyler Messenger when it comes to understanding how to hit the ball for power, how to understand a hit in all positions, and he's not afraid anymore. Beginning of the year, on a pitch on the inside part of the plate, he was bailing out, kind of a little bit of a dance away from the box. Now, on those pitches, he's aggressive to the zone, getting his hands inside and hitting singles up the middle the bat speed is there. And that power that we saw in the DSL last year from him, it's coming around. And yeah, the numbers haven't shown exactly, kind of like Andy Perez, haven't shown exactly what he's capable of doing. And if the power gets better and he builds into his body a little bit more, again, 19 years old, I think he has a lot of promise, but it shouldn't go away with what Jesus Bougarine has done either. Jesus Bougarine is a Vlad Guerrero. He swings at every pitch. It is the most unorthodox swing in the universe, but when he hits the ball, oh boy he's he's the type of person that if you were playing in the backyard at your house, either he's missing every pitch or he's breaking the neighbor's window. It's one or the other. He is so much fun to watch, and on top of it too, defensively, he's just smooth to the ball, and he's fun to watch too, but I, with Brian Benincourt being just a couple years younger, I think Benincourt has that little bit of the edge when it comes to it over Boo Green. and to Benincourt's thing too, is he actually is now almost fluent in English. Oh, he was, yeah. so beginning of the year, our coaches are big fans of getting the line players to learn English. Brian Benincourt at the beginning of the year was scared to speak at in general, even in his native tongue. Brian Benincourt now is translating interviews for the Grizzlies. Brian Bencourt is not afraid to talk English. He actually probably speaks better English than some of our U S players. And it's crazy to say how far he has come along as not only a teammate, but also as a player too. Like Brian Bencourt has become one of my all time favorite Grizzlies players. And he's 19 years old.
0: I love stories like that because we think of just about the development on the field, but there's that development. Yeah. That's yeah. off the field, which should also then translate to on the field success. So, Uh, Steven, man, you you've got uh, you've got your work cut out for you here. Gonna have postseason baseball again, so you're gonna have to postpone all your off-season trips, and then hopefully (laughs) we'll be able to see you back at Coors
1: Field again this year. That's the goal. We want to be back, but this time we want to have a championship in our hands to show that California is helping out the Rockies. We're so fortunate for being affiliated with the Rockies again. What the Rockies have given us, not only in the coaching staff with the special assistants to you know the hitting coordinators with Nick Wilson to you know, Clint Hurdle, you know, meeting them this year has been amazing. Steve Solis, Robinson Cancel, managers over the past couple of years, the players. We've been so fortunate, and we can't wait to bring a championship to California this year.
0: I want to give you a, a bit of tough love and say, hey, you can't come back until you, you have a ring, but you're welcome back. You're Whether win or lose, <laughs> you can come back. We want I mean, you
1: back. I, hey, you know what? I hold myself to a standard. That's the standard we hold in Fresno. We're all business until the job is done.
0: Love that. Yes, celebrate your championship or just celebrate Sundays and weekends with the Brick Brew Mountain Beach Sour bursting with aromas of fresh pineapple. Thirst-quenching sour is simply a vacation in a can, or if you're down in the corner of Colfax, New York at the DNVR Bar, it's a party in a pint. That's exactly what it is. They've got vibrant flavors of tart lime and pineapple that blend with sweet notes of guava to bring a taste of the tropics to the high country, all with the Breckenridge Ridge. Brewery Breck Brew Mountain Beach Sour 100% renewable energy made right here in Colorado support some local business actually head down to uh, breckbrew.com go to that website find out with the Breck Brew locator where you can get Breck Brew particularly the Mountain Beach Sour the beer of the month near you well we've got plenty more news to break down and get into Uh, basically we do have the series of course with the Rays coming up and I did start to think a little bit, uh, talking with Stephen here uh, after the uh, interview that uh, you, you just heard, we were talking about Ethan Salas, who is a big catching prospect who was just signed earlier this year by the San Diego Padres. He is now at double A at the age of 17, 17 year old in double A, unheard of, absolutely unheard of. And uh, don't forget, Stephen actually called Salas' first professional home run when he was with the Lake Elsinore Storm. So it had me thinking really quickly, and I, I jotted down my notes of what I thought was off the top of my head. Then, of course, had to dive into the actual numbers and the archives myself. Who is the youngest Rockies player to reach double A? Well, right now, Yankee Fernandez is there at 20. As far as hitters are concerned, nobody younger than 20 years old has ever played in double A uh, on the hitting side, as far as hitters are concerned. You know, Zach Veen and Tovar were there last year. B-Rod in 2017. Trevor Story was 21 in the final year in Tulsa in 2014. Arenada was also 21 in 2012. And then you would have to go all the way back to Edgar Clemente. I know you remember him just a little bit. 20 years old in 1996, um, back when it was the New Haven Ravens. Yeah, hit uh, 290 with 19 home runs. On the pitching side, a lot more... Of those young guys, not a ton of guys that uh, that were 20 or younger. 21 is common. Case Williams this year right now, uh, he did make a start last year at the age of 20. Peter Lambert was 21 in 2018. We know Marquez and Sensatella were both 21 in 2016. Jolie Chassin in 2009 with Tulsa was 21. 2008 featured a pair of 21-year-olds, Xavier Cedeno and Chaz Rowe. You go, man. You're digging really deep. I don't. I don't know these guys. I don't know these career minor leaguers. They're, they weren't career minor leaguers. Both guys had nine years, parts of nine seasons in the big leagues. Both of them not with the Rockies. Uh, Chazro eventually debuted for the Diamondbacks. He actually went over to Arizona in the deal for Jose Lopez, the second baseman, and Xavier Cedeno, who uh, was eventually released, but he debuted with with Houston. And as I mentioned, did play parts of nine seasons in the big leagues. In 2007, you had Franklin Morales. Greg Reynolds and a guy who never played in the big leagues, Chung Lung Low. Do you know that name, Chung Lung Low? Who is he? He was signed out of high school in Taiwan for 1.4 million dollars. The same high school as Chin Wei So. Okay, again, this is going back to 2007. He did pitch for the Casper Ghosts in Wyoming, which we just talked about uh, on Sunday with Kevin Henry. In 2002, he was with the Casper Ghosts at the age of six. Not bad for this Taiwanese right-hander. He had the nickname of the Dragon, which was fantastic. Uh, actually ended up getting as high as the 10th best Rockies prospect in the Baseball America midseason rankings in 2004. Struck out at AA Tulsa, um, or rather he he stuck around at AA Tulsa for about four years. Had a cup of coffee with the Sky Sox in AAA, but never reached the majors. Actually pitched for Chinese Taipei in the 2013 WBC. If you go to 2005, Ubaldo Jimenez pitched there in 2013. 20- uh, at the age of 21, Ryan Kibler was 20 years old with the Carolina Mudcats back when that was their AA affiliate affiliate was a second round pick in 2002, you know, performed well at a double A in 2001 is partially why he was considered the fourth best prospect in the system in 2002, according to Baseball America. Serious injury, unfortunately, to his right shoulder, ended his career at the age of 21. And Ryan Kibler is actually now the pitching coach and high A Spokane for what is now his 12th season as a coach. Jason Jennings got six starts uh, in the year 2000 as a 21-year-old. And then the New Haven Ravens in 98, you had Mike, Kaz- I don't know how to say his name, Kazuwitz. I haven't heard it. This is a name that goes back. Jason Brester, I can say that a lot easier. He pitched uh, at the age of 21 uh, back in 1998. But Kazooitz also pitched at age 19 and 20 in A with the Ravens, was considered the 14th best prospect in 99, one ahead of Juan Pierre, was actually the minor league player of the year that year. Um, Jamie Wright was 21 years old in 1996. In 95, you had John Thompson and Jake Fiano, at the age of 21, Viano never played in the majors. John Thompson had a good 10-season career. And last but not least, in 1997, going out of order slightly chron- uh, chronologically, Doug Million, who was the seventh overall pick in the 1994 MLB draft. He was 21 years old uh, when he was with the New Haven Ravens. In the offseason following his 10 starts with the Ravens, uh, unfortunately, uh, Million had an asthma attack and passed away. That's why each year since the Rockies hand out the Doug Million Award to the minor league player of the year. So kind of a, a sad note to end on there just a little bit, but we're hoping things can uh, can pick up at least for the Rockies while they are way on the road. They went 3-3 three and three on this homestand. As I said, if they can stay at around 500, in fact, if they stay exactly at 500, all they have to do is win five games on the road. That being said, they got three against the Rays coming up, and they've got three against the Baltimore Orioles, two of the powerhouses from the American League East. So that could be very challenging for them to get at least one. Could they go 0-6 on this road trip? That might be hard to do for just about any team on the road. They've uh, they've only done that, I think, maybe seven times. Uh, they've gone 0-6. They had a one uh, once they were 0-7 on the road. But they're hoping to avoid that. As I said at the start of the show, only the third time that they are at Tropicana Field. First time since April of 2019. You remember that's where Daniel Murphy uh, injured his finger and it kind of, you know, it sustained for a little bit before going downhill. After that, 2004, the only other time Rockies and Rays met in Tampa Bay. Starters tonight on Tuesday, 440 p.m. start time here in Denver. Ty Block versus Zach Littell. You might recall him back when he was a reliever with the Giants the last two years, of course. The Rays naturally have turned him into a really good starting pitcher. Uh, In his last 38 and a third innings pitched, one walk. Seriously, this guy's going to throw strikes, not a ton of strikeouts, so uh, there's going to be a problem. If we know about the course Field Hangover, look, we know about that. That being said, it's going to be a little problematic if the Rockies end up striking out 10 or more times, especially against a guy uh, who does not command a lot of strikeouts. He, he fills up that strike zone really well. Uh, you do have uh, Elias Diaz with a home run against him. Jerks and Profar has really good numbers, hitting over 300 against Zach Littell in 10 at-bats. It's why uh, you're going to see Profar in the lineup on a Tuesday as the DH. Uh, that's going to push Charlie Blackman to right field. It's going to make uh, Michael Tolia in right field, move him to first base, and Ellie Hurst Montero will begin the game there on the bench. So, uh, Randy Rosarena, of course, the big guy to keep your eye out for in the Rays lineup. As far as the rest of the series goes, on Wednesday, another 440 game, Gomber versus Aaron Civilly, the guy who came over from the Cleveland Guardians. Still surprised that the Guardians weren't able to get more for Civilly, uh, who's a front-of-the-rotation starter, uh, Razor, just making him that much better. And then, of course, we'll have a post-game show after Thursday's game. Uh, 11.10 a.m., breakfast and baseball, Peter Lambert versus, to be determined, my guess it could be Tyrell Glass now, could be the face of Oppenheimer. He has the same face as the guy from Oppenheimer, Cillian Murphy, of course. Uh, But Rockies doing it three games in Tampa, hoping to avoid an Owen six road trip. We got Justin Michael on the show on Wednesday Adam Amada's on the show on Thursday. Of course, Susie's going to be calling in looking forward to uh, all her great insight coming from Tampa Bay, get down there in the clubhouse, seeing what's going on, finding out, Hey, can they maybe stave off this hangover as the Rockies go from altitude to sea level and play uh, the first place Tampa Bay Rays. Follow us on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies at Patrick D Lyons is where I can be found on Twitter. Very momentous show. Thanks to Stephen Rice for uh, jumping in, getting us all hyped up. Starting the hype train for Cole Carrig and Dion Jorge. Not Diane George, folks. Dion Jorge. Love that. Very exciting. But unfortunately, that kind of momentum, it's really only as good as your next show. So you know it's going to be a banger. Join us tomorrow on the DNVR Sports Channel right here live on YouTube.